if you know anything about Whitechapel, it's where Jack the Ripper did his naughty deeds. That sounds dirty. <laughs> he killed people. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Robin. And I'm Eric. And this is Do We Like, the podcast where we debate the pros and cons of popular people, places, and things to decide if we like them or need to leave them. Yeehaw, yes. We are back <laughs> with another lightning round. Last week we covered board games, and we're back here for another lightning round with a special guest uh, coming to you from uh, around the world. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound very large. <laughs> <laughs> not that she's around the world at one point like a, a certain uh, yo mama joke um, <laughs> but how the lightning round works is our special guest brings us three topics we debate those topics and at the end of the episode one of us will have more points and that will be declared the winner and that person gets a leg up during next debate episode where they get to pick whether they're pro or con on the next topic yes absolutely and so our special guest this week is uh, none other than, if you listen to the Personal History of Games, which I recommend you do, you'll know this familiar voice as Melissa Coleman. Hello, Melissa. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. Why don't you give us the cliff notes on Melissa Coleman? The cliff notes. I love that. Little spark notes. <laughs> Maybe you just didn't want to read the whole biography. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I know. I love it. So, hello again. I am Melissa Coleman. I am a 3D artist for video games. Yay! Uh, popular games such as Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and the to-be-released Ratchet and Clank: A Rift in Time, and others to come. Exciting. Ooh. That is exciting and very cool. Oh, thank you. I love my job. I think it is cool. But yeah, I'm in LA and you could probably pinpoint when this is being recorded because it's the only day that it's raining out here right now, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah. I always hear that Angelinos, as they like to be called, uh, love the rain <laughs> or act very strangely with the rain. I'll tell you why. It's Everybody gives people crap for it out here, but there's a really good reason. First of all, I'm not from LA originally. I've only been here for like two years. But it has not, the last time it rained was March of last year, or May. What? April, May, May. It was May. One of the end <laughs> months. It doesn't matter. It's been a really, really, really long time. And that's why people freak out whenever it does rain. It literally rains maybe one month out of the year. Wow. I yeah. didn't realize like it was that dry. I didn't either. And now I live here and I'm just like, wow, it is literally a desert. <laughs> This makes it sound like the monkeys in 2001 where they see like the, the obelisk and they start hitting it with hammers and, or hitting with rocks and stuff. <laughs> it's just like rain <laughs> and everyone's running around not knowing what to do. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but like with cars. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I guess since you've been in LA for only two years, how are you enjoying it? Is it uh, when oh, I ask people outside of LA, People in LA, whenever anything happens, you always hear about it, and it sounds super obnoxious, much like New York. Sure. <laughs> is it different being there? Is there is there an urge to tell everyone what happens in LA, like it's the most important thing in the world? I guess, but it's kind of how I am no matter where I live. <laughs> so even in Dallas, I was just kind of like, wow, guys, it is raining in Dallas, believe it or not, and nobody else cared <laughs> then either. <laughs> I think it's just the type of people like me who live in LA who just like talking about themselves. <laughs> That's fair. 
Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I like hearing what's going on in New York, too. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, we're not in New York, so. <laughs> Actually, I don't know where you guys are. I'm realizing this. <laughs> <laughs> We are, I was in New York for two years, but uh, I made the move back to Canada at the beginning of this pandemic. Oh, what part of Canada? We're in Saskatchewan, the prairies, so just north of North Dakota and Montana. That's cool. My dad's Canadian. Whoa. Whoa, I know. (laughs) Awesome. Which part of Canada is he from? He was born in Quebec. Oh. The nice part. (laughs) He's a... He said he was born in like the uh, like the boonies of it, just like in this tiny little town on the edge of nowhere. (laughs) It's like the smallest city, some port, something in French name. I feel like I should know this. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, he spoke French and everything. (laughs) You didn't pick up any French. No, I don't know French. Both of my parents know like three languages, but the only one that overlaps is English. So I only know English. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got the best one. (laughs) That's exactly right. The only language you need to know. Yep. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Like, anyway, so that was Melissa. See you guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) It does make us sound like giant assholes, but. (laughs) That's right. No, we just Josh. Well, it is the language of international travel, so that's True. right. Yeah, thanks, right, brothers. Glad you were <laughs> yes. Americans and not uh, not Americans. <laughs> I didn't think of a single country. Oh man, maybe <laughs> I am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fantastic. <laughs> All right, that's enough of lying. <laughs> Uh, So we'll uh, recap what we did last week. We covered board games as part of our full debate episode. Uh, So we'll get your opinion. How do you feel about board games? Oh, I really like board games. No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's just sorry. Excuse my personal grumbling. So Eric is is uh, against board games. He's on board games. I'm pro board games. Yes. I'm just so curious. I mean, I guess I'll find out when the episode comes out. Like, what happened? What? board game hurt you to where you're just kind of like games with friends i don't think so i feel like well the friends i had didn't play board games um so whenever i played board games it was with like those nerdy ass people from university that would have to explain the rules a million times and still miss the point of the bit of the game so you don't know what the uh, what the win condition is Um, so you're just kind of playing along and then they go oh yeah this is how you win and then this is how i win (laughs) and i go great thank you so what you don't like are bad friends yeah just annoying (laughs) nerds that explain board games poorly and make me have a bad time I totally get that. I think if that's your exposure to board games, it's definitely less uh, appealing. I mean, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. They're also, I spell board games, B-O-R-E-D games. (laughs) (laughs) How... How long were you working on that one? I'm so kidding. Oh, too long. Entirely too long. <laughs> he's got like the whiteboard and he's like, I got this one. There's a joke in here. I know it. <laughs> I figured it out though. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you. It was really funny. Thank really you. <laughs> Thank you. Like I'm physically, my hand met my forehead when you said that. And that is, that's exactly what you want. That's high praise. That's right. <laughs> what, what's your favorite board game? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a favorite. I'm lying. I do have a favorite. <laughs> there is a game called Whitechapel, and it's a five-person game. If you know anything about Whitechapel, it's where Jack the Ripper did his naughty deeds. 
that sounds dirty. He killed people. (laughs) (laughs) So one person plays as Jack the Ripper on this big board and the other people are um, detectives or uh, what do what do British people call police? It's a good word. Bobbies. Bobbies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Board people are bobbies. And you are trying to set up the board to try and trap Jack and you have five rounds to catch him or find out where he lives. And it's really fun. And it's really stressful when you're Jack, like more so than it should be. But it's like hide and seek on a board. It's really cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. I would enjoy that. It's it's a lot of fun. I love games like that, like hit, uh, not necessarily hidden roles, but like 1v5 and stuff. I think right. it's cool. Have you played, was it The Haunting of Hill House? Not The Haunting of Hill House. I was going to say that's, that's another show. fun game that's similar to that. That one is really cool because there's just so many scenarios that you can do. So you can play the same game like 20 times and you probably won't play the same one again, which yes, is neat. I played that one. You did enjoy Secret Hitler when we played it with my friends. Yeah. But I don't, Secret those Hitler's are less, fine. I mean, I guess the, the less bored in the board game there <laughs> is, the more enjoyable it is. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that B O A R D. <laughs> I think I think a good board game doesn't have a lot of downtime for people in it. So like if it's somebody else's turn, everybody else doesn't just sit there and do nothing. Secret Hitler is really good at that. That's yes. true, yeah. Well, I guess we all have our opinions on board games, and that is <laughs> fair, fair and okay. And two of them yeah. are correct, and one of That's them right. is wrong. One of them just needs friends. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's, not get, let's not get personal here. You can always call up your old buddies at, uh, from college if you want. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I saw one of those people later. Um, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, showed up at the university here in the city. and I, th- I, I thought I, you were going to say that was who you were playing that, for. No way. <laughs> Just, That'd be cool as hell. Like, yeah, <laughs> Maybe, he I don't sucks. Know. <laughs> <He's> a poor <laughs> loser. the rules. Of... <laughs> Sorry, I totally threw it off. Go on. <laughs> no, but... Okay, so like I played these board games and like four years later, Justin Trudeau came to the city and I saw he was taking selfies with people and everyone was criticizing it for some reason. Oh. Uh, but one of the people that got a selfie was one of the people I played board games with and he looked like he was dressed to go into the Matrix. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> he's like, he never changed. I was like, it's that type of person. Oh, he's a character in Grandma's Boy. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That rolls. Oh no. Oh. Are you ready for me to ask you these questions? Yes, thank yeah, you for that transition. That yeah, was a perfect, amazing perfect segue. segue. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, so Melissa, we'll get your first topic and a little bit of your feelings on it without showing your hand too much, and then we'll go from okay. there. Okay. All right. So the first topic is poems that don't rhyme. Mm, poems that do not rhyme. Yes. Uh, so do I? I think I pick who goes pro and who goes con, right? Yes, yep. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Please host cool. away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry if I'm taking your role. <laughs> that was perfectly fine. Okay, cool beans. Um, let's see. I will pick um bum bum bum. Eric, you will be pro poems that don't rhyme, and Robin, right. you will be con poems that don't rhyme. Excellent. Do you have any feelings on poems that don't rhyme or just poetry in general? We can get your general thoughts. I picked my themes because I literally have zero opinion about them at all. So all I'm right. perfectly in the middle. I don't care if a poem rhymes or doesn't. So you guys will have to push me over that fence. 
That sounds like a, the perfect job for do we like. <laughs> I think if anybody could do it, it's one of y'all. I would like to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since I am pro, I will be going first. Robin, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. I will be a fair and just judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we look for here. Yep, we expect nothing less. <laughs> here we go. Mm. All right. A poem that doesn't rhyme is like a sky that doesn't glow, a sun that doesn't shine, and that is a half rhyme. That doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Poems that don't rhyme are just as good as any other poem because it's not about the rhyming. The rhyming is actually the dumbing down of a poem. If you want to make a poem that rhymes, go make a song. Go make a rap. (laughs) Get out of (laughs) here. Poems are about the emotion, the feeling, the iamic pendampeter. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) The thing Shakespeare uses. I'm not going to help you. (laughs) The, it's it's about the rhythm, the flow, the feelings, the emotions, the words, and without getting in the way, the words don't get in the way. They are the feeling. It doesn't matter if they rhyme because it's about here we go. We are going to the store and I'm going to buy a soda and I am <laughs> rhyming not because this is a poem with feeling and not rhymes. But do you know what songs and rap are? They are modern day poetry that talk about really important societal and personal issues and they resonate with us. And one of the reasons that they're so memorable and so catchy is because they rhyme. In fact, the most memorable poets throughout times, a lot of them made rhyming poems. Take Dr. Seuss, for example. Sure, his poems might be for children, but they touch on some like pretty important topics as like, you know, inclusivity, uh, environmentalism, you know, all sorts of stuff that's really important for children to learn so they grow up with great values. And how do we continue to remember all of these important lessons? Because they rhyme and they're catchy and they get stuck in our heads. And sometimes it's irritating, but it keeps the important things at the forefront. So that's why it's important that our poems rhyme, because it's delightful and it's catchy and they stay in our head that way. Uh, well, if we're going to talk about Dr. Seuss, how about when someone says no, they mean no. You offer green eggs and ham. He says, no, <laughs> leave them alone, please. And he just goes on and on. He finds all the things that rhyme to annoy the hell out of this poor man <laughs> with his gross green eggs and ham. No one wants to eat that. Anyways, uh, continuing on, the poems that don't rhyme are are pro and great because they can be found anywhere. It's about the flow, the openness, the accessibility. Maybe I have uh, a rhyme blindness and I cannot see him. But now <laughs> anything is a poem because I am thinking it and saying it and writing it funnily on the page like E.E. E. Cummings. No capitals there because it's accessible. Everyone is there. It's, it's E for everyone, <laughs> much like video games. But it's E.E. E. Cummings. Extra everyone, no rhyming. Maybe they rhymed, but not always, I'm sure. Okay, you know what a poem that doesn't rhyme is? It's just a boring short story with no structure. That's all it is. It's for people who just don't know how to put together a conventional short story, so they just make it like a sad poem that doesn't rhyme. Um, and a great example of this is is beat poetry. Okay, have you ever been to like a 
beat poetry jam or whatever they're called. <laughs> no, I haven't. Why? Because they seem boring and lame as fuck. Okay? But you know what I would go to? A rap battle. <laughs> and I would totally go to a rap battle because they are energized, they are clever, and they rhyme. And that's amazing. Could you imagine how much like rap battles would suck if they didn't rhyme? Like those ri- like verses, those lines are so smooth because all of them rhyme. And that's what is so impressive about the genre itself. And that's what is impressive about poetry, too, is that it tells a story while rhyming. And that's what makes it cool and fun and different from a short story. (laughs) (laughs) End of debate. I wish I had one more point so I could say Eminem's stupid freestyle where he goes, that's an awfully hot coffee pot. (laughs) I hate that line so goddamn much. Um, Scratch that from the record. That was out of the time frame. (laughs) Oh. Damn. All right. (laughs) Got a strict judge. That's right. (laughs) Melissa, we'll get your feelings and then your verdict. This was excellent. I have to say, I think you both made amazing points. I I really like that no means no. I think that's important. (laughs) (laughs) I also like that for pro no rhyming, the word's not getting in the way and it about the flow. I think that's very valid. I will say that a good counterpoint was a poem that doesn't rhyme as a boring short story with no structure. (laughs) And the fact that no one has actually ever been to a beat poetry before, (laughs) which is true. I actually have never heard of, like, I don't know a single person who has. I think this was really, really close. Um, I would say, though, by a sliver, a very small hair, I think Robin is the winner. Ooh, yay! (laughs) These are really good points. I think maybe if you had time to include um, Eminem's poor rap structure, (laughs) maybe you could have swung it the other way, but alas. Yes. Yeah, if you had a little (laughs) more time to talk about Mom's Spaghetti, maybe he'd be in a different position. That 8 Mile song is okay, but his like freestyle about Trump is one of the worst freestyles I've ever heard. I only heard part of it, and he's he's, like It was entertaining, though. But he also just has like rich white man syndrome now. So everything can be mediocre. How can you relate? He's he's still so angry. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But yes, I've been to one slam poetry thing at O'Hanlon's in Regina here. Um, oh no! And it was exactly <laughs> what you expected to be <laughs> from Regina hair. I can't only imagine. That's what our city's called. Please oh, no. respect that. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I don't <laughs> want to be an ignorant American any more than I've already shown that I am. <laughs> no, no, nobody from anywhere else in Canada respects the name of our city, so it's not an American thing. Could you remind me of the name just one more time? Regina. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I love it. Oh, this is so fun. They all crack me up. <laughs> hey, listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, Beamed Media has another show I think you might like. It's called The Personal History of Games, and it's hosted by Do We Like co host Eric Canius. I'll let him take it from here. Thanks, Robin. Hey, folks, Eric here, and I'd like to invite you to check out my podcast, The Personal History of Games, a show where I interview people from all walks of life on how games have intersected with and influenced their lives. Guests range from people in and around the games industry to the more casual players. We have conversations to find out how we got from that first influential game they played to today and all the steps in between. You can find The Personal History of Games wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website at personalhog.com. Glad you're enjoying yourself, but let's move on to topic number two. What is that second item you brought? 
Topic number two, the topic you've all been waiting for. The use of the Wilhelm scream in movies. Ram, do you know what the Wilhelm scream is? Like, I'll, I think I do, but... Out of fairness, I'll bring it up on YouTube. Just give us one second. Yeah. No, okay, give us fine. an example of this one. So it's a it's a really small sound bit, and he's going to pull it up, but it is, it's kind of like an inside joke for people making movies, I think, where they just add the Wilhelm scream in the middle of a ton of movies. It, like, I was just watching Kill Bill, and, like, one guy gets, like, his arm hacked off with a katana, and then the little Wilhelm scream happens there's another scream i forget the name of it but this one i think yes. is the most well-known one that scream okay yeah i've heard that yeah and it yeah. is and I'll, I, I found like a compilation of them it's in star wars it's in indiana jones it's in everything it's in so much stuff you are completely neutral on it again melissa yeah i'm very indifferent about the use of it that's fair. I am going to be, as the loser of the previous round, I am going to be Con Wilhelm Scream. Okay. So that means, Robin, you are pro that noise. <laughs> All right. I am pro the Wilhelm Scream. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, so like totally on the record, I just learned what the Wilhelm scream was. And we <laughs> went so through a sorry. compilation video of things that had like the Wilhelm scream in it. And the one thing that I thought was really fun about it is how diverse like the movies and shows that this thing is in. And that seems really fun, like an inside joke between all these people and all of these like, you know, kind of different spheres of movie making uh, have in common. It, you know, it kind of shows that everyone comes from like a similar uh, film background, that they have similar references. It's a nod and it's an inside joke. And I think that's kind of fun and cool, especially once you have it pointed out to you and you can like look for it in some of your favorite things. Um, and then you like see that a lot with uh, like shows and stuff, too, where they'll have like similar references that once you notice them, it's like really funny where it's like there'll be like a fake brand of chips that like different TV shows use that kind of put them in the same universe and stuff. And I think just little Easter eggs and fun stuff like that is enjoyable for the audience. It doesn't hurt anyone. Oh, the only one it hurts is the audience because they are ripped out of the fiction of the movie as they are reminded that they are sitting in this theater and their lives are boring <laughs> because they are no longer escaping in this picture that they're seeing like Star Wars or Toy Soldiers or Willow, all equally good movies <laughs> that that all use the Wilhelm scream for some reason to rip you out of, to break that fourth wall, remind you that you're watching a movie and go, oh... When they could it, and also the quality of that scream is bad. It's from the fifties. It sounds terrible. Like I get, it's an iconic sound. Use it ironically if you want, but the way they sincerely use it in most of these movies is a big stinker. It's like, yeah, you're using this old timey sound effect. It's not fun. And if you don't know it, you hear it and you go, "What the hell's that scream for?" It's like super uh, grating and annoying and in the way. And I think it really ruins the whole milieu of the picture. But are any of the films using it actually trying to use it in sincerity? I don't think they are. Like, okay, first of all, like I said, I didn't know about this thing until right now. <laughs> and unless someone came up to me right before I was about to go in a theater and watch a movie with an idiot and they went, psst, this strange laugh is going to happen. I wouldn't. <laughs> 
didn't freaking notice it was there. So, you know, it's just a fun frame of reference for like the people who enjoy this kind of stuff, who want like the fourth wall break, who want these little Easter eggs and these little nods from directors and stuff, you know, like basically fanboys and fangirls, right? It's for them. And that's cool. And it's supposed to make them laugh and it's done its job for a while. Sure, it might be like a little outdone and a little overused now, but now it's got that kind of nostalgia factor to it where it's like all of our classics, our favorites, our Star Wars, our Indiana Jones, it all has this weird little scream in it that ties them all together. And yeah, reminds us of a simpler time when people loved the Wilhelm scream. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Remind us of the past where people loved the scream coming from this old Western in the 50s. It's this old noise. Please retire it. Give it a rest, George Lucas. All this does is, especially if they use it now, let's say you're watching a movie 2021, boom, there's the Wilhelm scream. Boom, you're reminded of the original Star Wars movies and how George Lucas has lost his touch. (laughs) Not the original or Indiana Jones movies. And how George Lucas has lost his touch. And then you go, oh, it was also in Aladdin. Oh, now there's a new one. Oh, boy. (laughs) All it does is whip you around through history and how things have only gotten worse in film (laughs) with them recreating these things and how these these uh, movies are no longer about fun and this community and this community using the sound it's now become like basically look for the Wilhelm scream doll this year as a nostalgia thing to sell to the millennials that are now in their 40s bleak end of debate <laughs> <laughs> Melissa your thoughts this is excellent Oh my gosh, I actually don't know. Uh, wow. Okay, I think Robin's point that it it's not that fourth wall breaking because she hasn't noticed it until now <laughs> is a really, really good point. Yeah. I also recognize how passionate Eric is about this, so it obviously <laughs> is annoying to certain <laughs> viewers. This is hard. <laughs> All right. Here I go with my verdict. Are you ready? Drum roll. Yeah, we're good. I think the winner is Eric. Oh. (laughs) If only because you really don't like this scream. (laughs) You can't can't be that passionate about it if (laughs) it genuinely is something that is like somebody has a con for it. You know what I mean? I was just playing the part. I'm, oh, really? <laughs> it seemed like you didn't like it. Maybe okay, you were I think, I, I think I just blacked out while that happened. I, I literally, I take notes while I'm doing it. And I said, Eric is very passionate about this. And it's right above <laughs> that. It says, please retire this noise. And millennials are old. <laughs> Some part of Eric's subconscious just like moved to the forward and yes. took over. <laughs> I guess so. I went into a bit of a fugue state. And, and here we oh, are. Man. A tie game. It worked. Ooh. I will say it, it didn't make me anti Wilhelm scream. I still don't mind it being in a movie, but I think that your argument for it felt very passionate as if you were a man who truly had been injured by the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Using my emotions against me. That's the do we like promise. <laughs> <laughs> I told myself, too, I was like, you can't just make Eric win this, so it's one-to-one. I was like, no, this is actually genuinely, like, <laughs> hard. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the judging role so seriously. I, Of course I do. It's my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are we ready for the third topic? Yes, yes. 
I will say in advance, good luck with this one. Um, it's the the smartest question that I could think of. And Ooh. I think the hardest <laughs> to debate. This is the probably the most evenly weighted question I could think of. All right. And something I genuinely have no opinion about. And I <laughs> almost guarantee that you don't either. <laughs> All right. Hmm. You ready? Yep. Yes. My question is, and this is not a pro or con, so you'll have to specify it. Um, the question is, which end of the magnet is better, north or the south end? <laughs> it's such a strange question that Correct. I love it. <laughs> see, but, see, but here we go. Magnets have a pro and a and negative, a, a plus yeah, and a negative. That's true. So that's we true. will just use that as our sides. So Robin is the loser of the last round. You get to pick. Do you want to be plus magnet or ma negative magnet? If you guys can pull out four minutes of arguing for this question. <laughs> oh, we're going to try our best. <laughs> I will be, I'm already impressed, but I will be even more impressed. <laughs> Which one's the plus? Uh, I think like north or south? North. North. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do the plus then. Okay. I'll be con slash negative. The, the great magnet debate. Ever since the insane cloud process, you asked how they work. We are <laughs> <laughs> We've been stuck in the great magnet debate. Exactly. And here we are to finish it. Are you ready? Yep. All right. I'm going to start my uh, argument that north, or the positive magnetic force, is the best by arguing for the magnetic poles of the Earth and why the north pole is the best one. So the North Pole of the <laughs> magnetic pole of the Earth is the best one because one, it is supposed to be where Santa lives <laughs> and has a delightful workshop full of elves and toys and some magical reindeer that fly around. It is the mythical site of a place that brings people and like children joy around the world on one special day a year. It is a very, you know, important symbolic place to a bunch of people. And it means a lot to us in our hearts. And for that reason, the North Pole, the North Magnetic Pole, the North part of the magnet, <laughs> is obviously the superior one. Uh, I don't know about that because with science, <laughs> the, the negative or the North Pole, the positive one, is actually the one lacking as the negative pole will have extra electrons, which makes it negative, which gives it the power of negativity. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever <laughs> back to my millennial talk, there's never been so much power in being negative, <laughs> like a neg like a magnet, uh, using that negative pole to your strengths. And going back to the topic of the Earth, uh, the South Pole is where land mass actually is and not just a collection of ice. So that's where the penguins are flopping around. There's stations there, people doing research, and it's just all around better <laughs> because it's an actual landmass. It's an actual continent. It's Antarctica. It's the best one, the negative pole of the Earth. Okay, but its weakness is just all the more reason to love the positive magnetic <laughs> side because it needs our support. We need more positivity in the world. The The negative obviously has too much power. As you said, we obviously don't need all that power of negativity. I don't know nothing about science, but that just seems <laughs> like a, a bad balance to me. So I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, 
the the negative pole already has all the power it needs. We need to stand behind the positive pole and give it more support. And yeah, who cares? Well, I mean, we care about penguins. Penguins are adorable. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that. But it's like penguins just simply don't compare to the magic of the North Pole and Santa and his elves and all of the delightful things that are up at the North Pole, too. Also, the the ice that you're talking about are like the polar ice caps and they're the thing that are keeping our entire planet alive. And without them, we are all going to die. So you better damn appreciate them. Ah, Out of time there for you. How about instead of these polar ice caps, we switch to polar tropical beaches (laughs) and we... Head on down to the South Pole to rest on the beach, hanging out with the penguins. They're sweating a little bit, but it's okay. (laughs) But anyways, one, Santa isn't real. Sorry, spoilers. Two. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I'm sorry, Melissa. We're going to devastate children. (laughs) Go to bed, children. You're not supposed to be listening to podcasts. Uh, (laughs) Anyways. And also, just looking at a magnet. You know those U-shaped magnets? Imagine the power of that negative side. Those U-shaped magnets are cool, and you got one that is all power and one that is all uh, weakness waiting for power. The negative pole has the, the power to give and to share the electrons, and that's where the connection is made. It's about connection. We're bringing things together with this negative pole. It has the power to bring things together with its electrons. It's You're amazing. Done. Out of time. End of debate. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that we're not scientists? <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. I, I actually had to Google, like, what the fuck's up with magnets before I got in here, because I was like, I don't know if they're just going to say stuff, and it, I realized it doesn't matter. <laughs> it truly doesn't. I, I didn't retain any of it, if it makes you feel better. so. <laughs> yeah, I would, like, my brain was trying to go back to high school. That's the last time <laughs> I remember thinking about magnets. Yep. Yeah. I hope you guys had fun. That was, that was delightful. That, that, was, very, that was, was really, that was very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you were going to be a good debater, then this would be no problem. And it looks like for you guys, no problem at all. Thank you. <laughs> um, now I have to make a decision, yes. <laughs> which I forgot that I had to do, which is the hard part. <laughs> Let's see. I think um, Santa was a really good argument. Um Telling me Santa wasn't real was something I'm going to have to think about later. <laughs> and heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, that's the power of negativity, which I think is, was in and of itself pretty powerful. Yep. I do like penguins. That's cool. And the polar ice caps are also really cool. Um, <laughs> without them, we're all going to die was a really strong argument. <laughs> I realize that this actually doesn't have anything to do with magnets, but it's still important to remember. Yep. It's true. All right. I think for this one, the winner is Robin. Oh, yay! Because everybody loves an underdog. (laughs) (laughs) Not Robin, the the magnetic. Yeah. (laughs) Both of us. Yeah, Yeah. the magnets. (laughs) The magnets. No, that's fair. Full of positivity, kind of weak. Care a lot about the polar ice caps. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. I think that's like, well, I guess that explains Gen Zers. This all comes together. Thank you for those lovely topics and for being My such pleasure. a judicious judge. Thank um, but you. that means at the end of this round, at the end of round three, the winner of this episode is. Me. Robin. You. So, 
So I'm next <laughs> so next week, Robin gets to pick her side, pro or con, in our big debate. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, but for now, to wrap up this episode, Melissa, do you have anything to pr- promote or anything you want to bring up? I have a Twitter if you want to follow. Yeah. I don't post too much about work, but I post about me. So that's cool. So if you want to <laughs> check me out at Twitter, it's at underscore M-L-K-T-E-A, milk tea with no I. That's pretty much all I do. I don't have any other social medias, but I am kind of funny sometimes. That's really cool. <laughs> And we appreciate it. Well, yes, I appreciate we definitely appreciated guys. it today. <laughs> yeah, you guys are so much fun. I love this. Well, thank thank you. you so much for having me. Of course. Well, thank, thank you for, you for so being here. Yeah, thank you for making the time <gasps> to be on the show. Anytime. Well, I guess that's all from us today then. Thank you everybody for listening and catch us next time on Do We Like. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You can hear more Do We Like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us out, please leave a rating and review. For updates, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Do We Like Podcast, or check out our website at dowelike.com. The show is hosted and produced by Eric Canius and Robin Lands. Do We Like is brought to you by Beamed Media, a Canadian podcast network. 